When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. I'm not in the stream there. I am. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Jacob with uh, the Daniel Three podcast. Uh, yeah, I'm taking a page out of my uh, my boy Reed's uh, playbook. You know, he says set the bar low and the expectations low and meet them every time. So, uh, you know, I'm literally just recording on my laptop at work uh, in uniform using a very bad uh, green screen background, but uh, hey, it, it can't be worse than his, right? So, um, and I, you know, I feel like the video matters less with the podcast so much as, as much, you know, as long as the audio is okay. And this is not my uh, usual recording mic, but the quality is good enough. So it is what it is. Um, so this is going to be another um, solo episode to kind of talk about some things that I want to talk about, but uh, don't necessarily feel like I need to bring a guest on to talk about. Um, I want to talk a lot about what's been seemingly a hot topic in the libertarian circles. And, you know, it's not the wars and it's not the the COVID regime and it's not uh, complicated issues of philosophy and how to apply uh, libertarianism. No, it seems like for some reason over the past month and then increasingly so over the past week, uh, I've seen a lot of libertarians debating the nap, which is, uh, I don't know, I guess I, I shouldn't be too surprised. I guess libertarians are so used to infighting and debating over everything that, uh, you know, eventually it just they got to a point where they were like, oh, we just have to, you know, rebel against even our most foundational principle. So, um all jokes aside, uh, it seems like there are – it's not even just the nap. It's its its this kind of attitude – well, I think a lot of you probably watched uh, the conversation um, that Dave Smith had with Mark Clare of uh, Lions of Liberty. And there's been a lot of conversations on podcasts and on Twitter 
kind of of that same, uh, you know, kind of that same tone or topic, which is like, oh, hey, well, you know, I haven't given up on the, like, I still believe in the philosophy of libertarianism um, in my head, but there's something about the, uh, what's happened over the last 18 or so months that uh, makes, you know, makes a lot of libertarians feel as though we have to, I I mean, there's varying opinions. I guess some people feel like, well, we used to just be in the camp of trying to wake people up and spread the message, but that maybe has woken some people up, but hasn't woken up enough people to make a difference. And we need to try something else, something with a little bit more of a, you know, like short-term focus, trying to produce immediate results. There's also seemingly been, uh, you know, some libertarians uh, who are people who uh, at least, you know, are kind of broadly libertarians. Uh, uh, some of these people don't even like the the name libertarian anymore. But th- there's been some who have even said, you know, uh, you know, even if something violates the NAP, if it's protecting us from the tyranny of the state of primarily, it seems the focus is a lot on the left, but just kind of the COVID regime, broadly speaking, uh, you know, that we should be able to, we should feel um, enabled to do whatever is necessary to secure um, the liberty or as much liberty as we can secure for ourselves and our families and our uh, most immediate surrounding community. So I've been hearing a lot of these conversations happen over the past, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, like I said, week or month or so, and I've had a lot of my own thoughts, and so I wanted to uh, put them out there. I I guess for starters, um, you know what, (laughs) this background, I I know uh, I said I'm going to set the bar low, but this is bad. (laughs) I'm going to, hold on, I don't care if you guys see... Um, all right. So now I'm back. Uh, sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't take the uh, flickering of that background around my face. It was a little obnoxious. Um, and I was like, I don't care. You guys can see my work area. You know what I mean? Um, I don't, I don't need to be, uh, I, w- I was kind of doing that more to mock read a little bit. Um, but, uh, man, I don't know how he, how he does that. So the way I will set my expectations low is you'll just see my messy, uh, work area. Uh, this is, this is where I, uh, rebuild transmissions for a living and taking a break right now at the shop to do this recording before I get back to work. So it'll be a little bit on the short side. Uh, I'll have to edit out some of the technical difficulties I was having. Uh, anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, a lot of libertarians, I feel like over the last week or month have been, in my opinion, overcomplicating things. Uh, people have been saying, well, Everything that's going on with the COVID regime, everything that's going on over the past 18 months, it's it's making it impossible for us to uh, like care about the philosophy anymore and impossible to, um, you know, c- continue down the same path that we were going at the very least. Now, to a certain extent, I, I sympathize with that. And certainly, I am not someone who would say that uh, you should stubbornly not change to your environment, right? Um, this is this is something I've talked a lot 
about over my podcast uh, past month or two, kind of going back to when I had uh, Pete uh, Cunones on. And it was like, you know, I feel like in general, I don't think that it, it's wrong to try to figure out how to phrase this. I don't think that uh, the left or the right are more reachable when it comes to uh, trying to persuade them of uh, our libertarian positions, whether it's on an issue-by-issue basis uh, or just overall trying to get them to, you know, to, to swallow the whole pill. But at the same time, it's like, well, that's, I think, in general. I think in reality, you know, you have to kind of examine the time and the place. And, excuse me, the um, location and the, uh, you know, what's going on in the society and the culture and the current events plays a, a large role into, you know, wh- who's going to be the most open to our messaging and, and, and beyond just like trying to persuade people, who's going to be the most open in terms of like being able to work together on specific issues um, that pertain to our, our core values. And, you know, I definitely have uh, started to look at what's going on in our society and noticed that right now, uh, kind of over the last two years, I'm finding a lot more um, common ground in terms of, you know, advocating for the most important issues that we're facing uh, with those among the right, with those among even the MAGA Trump crowd. This is not to say that uh, I don't still have my, you know, fundamental disagreements with uh, with those people. Um, I tend to, to, you know, disagree strongly with them when it comes to immigration and the border. Uh, I still, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, I, I really don't care about the labels, open borders, closed borders. Um, it's a semantics game. I just don't want the state to have any, you know, any power, of course, because I'm an anarchist. But uh, in a here and now uh, sense, I don't want the state to have uh, any more power than is absolutely like m- minimum. You know what I mean? Like I want to have the, the least amount of control possible when it comes to the ability of people to travel uh, to and from the country and within the country. And, you know, this is kind of from both a ontological, like ethical perspective, of course, like, you know, the common argument, the state uh, like doesn't have it's violence to initiate force against someone for crossing an imaginary line. Um, but then also from an economics perspective, I think it's bad economics to restrict the, f- the free movement of goods and people. Now, to be clear, immigration does not mean citizenship. I always have to put that out there. I think people should be free to travel to and from the country. Doesn't mean I think they should be granted citizenship uh, to the extent that people are granted in our current uh, uh, political climate or that they should be entitled to you know, welfare any more than I think that people born here should be entitled to welfare. Um, but uh, oh yeah, obviously I had disagreements with a lot of the MAGA crowd on immigration, just kind of stated my views sort of in a quick summarized fashion. Um, even though in a moral sense, I am anti-abortion. Um, again, uh, you know, it's like the common theme here is that uh, I just don't want the government involved in anything. So this puts me at odds with anybody, but we have to kind of learn to pick and choose our battles. And although immigration and abortion 
um, you know, are issues that I feel strongly about in terms of not wanting the government to be involved. I also have to kind of go, all right, it, you know, it's triage right now in the war against the state, and I need to pick the most important issues, not just like in terms of what's important to me, but what is important to society, what is important to, uh, you know, like a, like a more complicated and long-term equation. Um, and right now, the most pressing things are not abortion and immigration. Uh, most pressing things are the lockdowns and vaccine mandates. And a lot of the stuff that the left is trying to push through uh, various institutions, uh, both the state and the universities and through corporations. But, so here's the but now. So I definitely think we need to adapt to our current climate and we need to recognize that our allies and who is the most beneficial to work with and build coalitions with and to do outreach towards is definitely going to change depending on time and place. But we should never compromise on our own core values. And there's this saying I've been hearing a lot lately, libertarianism has failed. And I don't really know what to make of that. Libertarianism doesn't exist. Something that doesn't exist cannot fail. We don't have libertarianism, unless you're just calling a movement of people who believe in liberty libertarianism. But, like, that's just a, a philosophy. It's an idea. You can say the idea hasn't won in the, the battle of ideas, but, okay, it's failed as of now. But what, what, uh, what timescale are you evaluating by? And, you know, just because somebody hasn't won, you know, an idea hasn't won yet – doesn't mean that it won't in the future. You know, take a sports analogy. There have been many football teams in the NFL, for example, um, or across all sports, teams that historically, you know, were mediocre, bottom of the barrel, didn't have winning seasons, and then they turned things around. And while past performance is not completely irrelevant to predicting future performance, it's not the entire equation. So to say libertarianism has failed is, you know, uh, again, I'm going to use an analogy I've used before. It's kind of like if I'm driving to Las Vegas and, you know, the, it takes a couple days to drive from where I live to Las Vegas. So if I'm 10 hours into the trip and then you say, you know, Jacob has failed to make it to Las Vegas, it's like, well, sure, I guess you're right. But it's a meaningless statement because I never sold anybody the idea that I'd get there in 10 hours. And obviously, you know, to, unanalogize this, getting towards a more libertarian society is not something with a fixed destination. It's more of an ongoing struggle and, uh, and, and fight. And it might be one that doesn't really have an end. It might be one that has a final destination. I mean, that'd be like utopia, right? That'd be like heaven on earth. I don't think that we will have Ancapistan all over the earth forever. I think that's a little bit unrealistic. And if that's what you thought was going to happen, and now you're realizing it's not going to happen, well, it's not because libertarianism has failed. I think it's because your understanding was, not to be rude, but was immature and childish, just to be, be blunt. The idea isn't that um, we were ever going to create perfect liberty everywhere in, in our lifetime, and perhaps not even any lifetime. 
Now, some people would say, well, it doesn't mean that the critics are right, that libertarianism is utopian thinking. Well, no. I mean, utopian thinking is more like, I think the, the right response has always been that statism is utopian thinking, that the right, you know, the right balance of coercion and violence will usher in a perfect society. It's not that libertarianism is utopian in a sense that it's an uh, ideal that is unrealistic or unsustainable or anything like that. It's more that life is just never going to be perfect. And so if you're always going to make good the enemy of the perfect, you're you're always going to be disappointed. You know, what you're promised in life is is the journey and to make the the world as better a place as you can both locally and, you know, if you can to, to impact culture greater than that, then, you know, take that opportunity. But, you know, problems don't get solved forever. You know what I mean? You solve one set of problems and another set arises. I mean, the idea that, you know, libertarianism fails because it's, it's not being universalized yet. Well, do we not as libertarians reject central planning? I think we need to, remind ourselves what libertarianism is and what the non-aggression principle is and what these things stand for and why they're important. Libertarianism is a philosophy. And yes, it has some implications based on that. You know, there's, there's libertarian economics. Sorry, that's my air compressor. If you hear that, I should have turned that off again, setting expectations low, right? (laughs) Um, It'll turn off in like 10 seconds or so. Um, so libertarianism is a philosophy that yes, has some real world implications. Like we have libertarian economics and and, and things like that, but it's really a thin philosophy that talks about the concept of rights and the relationships between you and other people and between you and, and, uh, government broadly speaking, these are moral positions Moral positions are always going to fail in a sense if you're going to hold your moral positions to in a comparison to the perfect ideal. Murder is wrong. But to say that the idea that murder is wrong has failed because murder still exists is to basically start off with a childish, uh, fantastical uh, uh, presupposition that things that are wrong can be universalized to to the point where they will no longer exist. Just because we oppose, you know, something can be 100% right. doesn't mean that everyone will do it and something can be 100% wrong. It doesn't mean you can ever completely prevent it from happening again. But I, I don't feel like most people struggle with this for, for other things. Like, you know, we all recognize that murder and theft are wrong, but, but no one thinks that murder and theft are ever going to be, you know, completely eradicated from human society especially christians we should know that right um so libertarianism is not you know yes it has real world implications and and especially like from an economics perspective we know that free markets work but our failure to completely eradicate evil does not mean that we have failed 
it just means that if that's what you think has happened, then it just means that you had a incorrect uh, understanding of, you know, like the categorical um, way in which, you know, like to view libertarianism and that your goals were, uh, you know, I'm sorry, short, short-sighted and, and, you know, and we've all been there, um, you know, they were, they were childish, but you know, uh, what we need to recognize is that our job as libertarians is to advocate the, the, the moral philosophy and to stand up for what is right and to tell the truth. And we recognize that even while we do that, evil will persist. If you abandon your principles, though, because you've realized evil will always exist and so the principles don't matter – we're going to adopt a different set of principles that allow us to further our own ends, but our ends aren't libertarian anymore. You know, I made a tweet the other day. I said, hold on, let me pull it up here, actually, because I don't want to quote myself. Yeah. Give me one second. Profile. I said, if your response to tyranny is to abandon the principles by which you judge the actions of state politicians as tyranny in the first place, don't be surprised when I don't take you seriously. Also look up the definition of irony while you're at it. Then I quote tweeted that and a follow up. Or to put this another way, I have little sympathy for those who say they're abandoning libertarianism because of state tyranny and decide to advocate for what they hate. You've just become useful idiots for the ruling class. Do not become, do not, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. To quote from the Bible. The non-aggression principle is an amazing, beautiful idea. And it can seem really simple, almost over, overly simplistic. But that's what makes it beautiful is that you can't really argue against it not, not and not you can't argue against it and be consistent it is wrong to initiate force against someone else to initiate aggress- aggression against somebody the initiation part's important right we're not against self defense somebody initiates force against you you are allowed to reciprocate force in kind to return yourself to the state, you know, as close to a state as you can to how you were before you were aggressed against. Obviously, reciprocity being important. Somebody steals from you, you have a right to reclaim that which they stole. You probably don't have a right to go and murder their entire family. Or to, you know, you stole $10 from my wallet, and so I steal your entire life savings and, you know, put you into perpetual wage slavery and some kind of incarceration system you know what i mean like re- reciprocity matters it's about um like i remember like the insurance word like to indemnify uh to, to make whole that's what the justice system is for is making people whole and and it's this beautiful idea that really is founded in the libertarian ethic but we're never going to apply that perfectly even if you think ancapistan was going to perfectly apply 
libertarian principles, then you're just as guilty of the utopian thinking as the statists are. We're not going to achieve perfection. I like what Tom, I like it as a saying by Thomas Sowell. Life is just a series of trade-offs. There are no, there's no winning. It's just never ending dealing with the circumstances in front of you and making the best of them. Now, that's not to mean that we should give up hope and that we, we should, our efforts are in vain. I mean, for all of the evil that, of the state that's grown over the last, uh, I mean, how, you know, forever, <laughs> think of all the white pills that we could take. Think about, you know, how slavery has become a very looked down upon institution in, in, in most of at least Western culture. And although we haven't completely eradicated slavery around the world, and we still have to deal with issues like poverty and people uh, working in conditions that we might find to be, you know, objectionable. The slave trade and the extent to which slavery, you know, existed for most of human society has definitely been rolled back a good bit. And, you know, the, 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 the more fair, you know, ethical, you know, treatment of, of, of different groups, you know, you know, racism, although not completely not, you know, vanquished because you, you can never completely er uh, eradicate bigotry and, and prejudice. But, uh, you know, despite what the media will tell you, I feel like most people of different races and ethnicities get along better now than they ever have throughout human history. There's even more parity between the sexes than there used to be. There's a lot that we can look back over time and that people who were either libertarian by name or at least libertarian in their spirit, you know, have helped to further the cause of human liberty and, and, you know, true liberal values like Mises talks about. So yes, we should be realistic about what's going on in our world today and be active in it. We shouldn't be passive and we shouldn't have a time preference that's so low that we, you know, are completely in the clouds and unresponsive to anything that happens around us. But if your solution to what's happening in the here and now is, oh, well, libertarianism has failed and libertarian values, uh, I can't hold them anymore. Or even like, you know, some people have, I just think they're really confused about what the nap is. Like, because they say, oh, well, if the nap means that I can't use force against politicians and those doing evil against me, then, you know, then the nap's a useless principle. It's like, no one's ever said the nap is contrary to self-defense. However, I would advise that, uh, you know, we take a praxeological and just logical uh, approach to evaluating different strategies. And also, you know, especially people who call themselves Christians and libertarians. Do we not remember Jesus preaching a radical message, a message of turning the other cheek? And and uh, someone asked you to walk one mile with them to to walk with them a second. So on one hand, I can have some 
grace for libertarians who don't know this, but for many of the libertarians who have been expressing frustration with the philosophy and who also proclaim to be Christians or have some kind of Christian, you know, sympathies or leanings, you know, Jesus didn't accomplish his ministry through force. He overcame evil in a radical way by transcending the, uh, the sin of mankind through his sacrifice. And even before that, just the way he dealt with people and, and impacted the culture around him. I think that if we focus on, well, we just have to maximize our own liberty in our own lifetime. There's a, there's a part there I agree with and a part there that I, I worry about. Cause on one hand, you know, growing your own power and wealth and, you know, doing what you can in your own local community to thwart federal and, you know, state tyranny, you know, those are all admirable goals. But if advocating, for, you know, if defending yourself against tyranny means becoming that which you hate, if it means that you are going to now become the aggressor and you're going to take that ring of power and use it against your enemy because you know i mean that and it can feel very compelling but if you become what you swore to destroy i mean you're lost i don't know what else to say to that the non-aggression principle is a beautiful philosophy because it's indicative of the true nature of libertarianism, which is that it's a thin philosophy, you know, and, and, and how amazing it's a self-limiting philosophy, which is what, you know, we need. We need to get more people, you know, to subscribe to this philosophy because it gives them that low time preference for power, like what Andrew from Popular Liberty talks about. No, we're not going to convince all people to do that. But, you know, again, we're not going to we're not going to prevent all, you know, murderers and, and thefts. We have to do the best we can and let the chips fall where they may. And we have to recognize that, yes, there, there are different ways and different means by which that people can do this. And I, I certainly would by no means say that, you know, I've, I've never said that we should all do the same thing. And this isn't about Mises caucus or you know, going back to the GOP or agorism or differences over strategy. That's that's a bit secondary to this. It's more about remembering what libertarianism is and remembering why you became libertarian in the first place. And trying to balance those short-term and long-term goals you know, you, if all you ever have are short-term goals, then all you're ever doing is reacting. And if all you have are long-term goals, then you're you're never reacting. <laughs> you you kind of have to balance the two. You know what I mean? You have to make those short-term and long-term considerations. So believe me, I get where a lot of you guys are, are coming from and, and why you're frustrated. You know, past 18 months have been brutal. But 
you know, things get worse before they get better, right? And gosh, if we, we, you know, as much as the state's always been evil, we in America, man, we, uh, compared to some places in the world, we've, we, we have had it lucky. We, we've not been, I mean, again, I'm not trying to whitewash a lot of the problems in our, you know, society here and, and the evils of our government, like huge prison population, military industrial complex. Like, believe me, I, I get it. I'm not trying to understate that. Lockdowns, evil, okay? Uh, you know, not being able to visit our family members in the hospital, like I've had to go through over the past month and a half, you know, evil, okay? I, I get it. But, you know, it's always compared to what, right? And compared to a lot of people across the world, we, we, we could have been in a lot worse situation. And now it's like, you know, we could be in Australia. God. <laughs> um, so I guess what I'm saying is we have to, we have to understand and evaluate the context that we are in. And, you know, I think it's easy to advocate for liberty when you're comfortable. The last 18 months have made a lot of us uncomfortable. And so, yeah, it gets harder to stand up and do the right thing when you're actually under persecution. Like, it's easy to, you know, what's, what's, what's analogize this to Christianity. It's easy to get up and proclaim that Christ is my king, that God is the only one I will bow to in the middle of church, surrounded by believers and uh, other people doing the same thing. What kind of guts and balls did you know, Radshack, Meshack, and Abednego have to be the only three people in a crowd of however many it was, hundreds, maybe maybe more uh, of people to not bow down to the king and to proclaim God as their Lord and as their deliverer and, and savior in the face of, you know, I mean, their lives. The stakes were never, you know, couldn't be any higher. It was literally bow down to the king, to the golden statue, or get thrown into the fiery furnace. It's easy to praise God, and it's easy to do the right thing when things are going good. But if you abandon your principles and you abandon God when things get going, well... I mean, it's not like the, the uh, when things get bad. What did I say? I don't know. When things get, get, get rough. I mean, isn't like the parable of the seeds? Jesus said the seed that was planted in shallow soil, and then the uh, storms came and it got washed away. The roots never took deep. If your roots never took deep in libertarianism and things got rough and suddenly you weren't willing to fight the fight, or at least, or you became like, well, I'm going to fight, but I'm going to, you know, I can't, I can't fight based on libertarian, you know, praxis anymore. No, I have to take on the ring of power and become what I hate. Again, like, like I said in my tweet, you know, if you use these principles to judge something as immoral, and now you're going to abandon those principles to fight against that immorality, that's hypocrisy. I'm sorry. I sympathize with the forces that are influencing you and sympathize with wanting to protect uh, your families and, and your communities. But um, the truth is, 
if you're acting in ways that are just, you know, growing the state, but you think it's okay because you're growing the state in ways that are beneficial to you, um, you're not actually keeping your communities and families safe in a actual, you know, accurate, you know, timeline, not over the long term. Egypt was safe. You know, the, the firstborns of Egypt were all safe until the angel of death passed through. Evil will get you so far and keep you safe for so long. But everyone gets what's coming to them. And you reap what you sow. Well, I waned really philosophical there at the end. Uh, but I already went longer than I really planned to. Um, yeah, those are just my thoughts. I wanted to put them out there. Um, yeah, let's not overcomplicate things. Libertarianism is about, you don't have the right to initiate force against anyone else. You do have a right to defensive force. So there's nothing wrong with, you know, let's fight the state. Let's join together. And, you know, I want to work with Dave Smith and the Mises Caucus, I'll work with Andrew and uh, Faux Bishop in the GOP. I'll work with my agorist friends, podcasting network that I've become a part of. You know, I'll work with anybody towards whatever ends I can. You know, kind of like I'll, I'll unite with anyone to do good, but nobody to, to do evil. And we, we have, I mean, this stuff is so important. Like, I'm not trying to under, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to underemphasize at all the importance of what we're up against. But again, it's just, you can't use the ring of power to de defeat Sauron. You have to throw it into Mount Doom. And you have to, you know, sometimes you have to be willing to go on a hard, long journey so that you can get to that other side and, and enjoy a peace that is earned and lasting and not a peace that's built up on, on a, on, on evil and, and lies. That's it, everybody. Um, thanks for tuning in and listening, you know, share, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, if you want to come on, talk about this stuff or anything else, Daniel318.com can submit a form to go on a call-in show or schedule an interview. Um, you know, I, I'm happy to talk with just about anybody. Uh, Spike Cohen, coming on tomorrow that's rescheduled for seven o'clock so be sure to uh tune in and listen uh it's gonna be fun and uh next is it next week i think it's next week hold on let me go to my nifty nifty calendar here yeah next week uh on the fourth i have a uh podcast planned with uh a left anarchist. So that's going to be interesting. It's not going to be a debate. I mean, not really a debate. Like, it's not a formal debate. It's going to be a conversation, but we're definitely going to have it out a little bit and disagree. And, you know, that's all good. I, I thought it'd be fun. fun. Fun episode to kind of have a little bit of a intellectual uh, conversation and a kind of, kind of friendly battle between a left and right anarchist. So uh, that's all for now. Uh, you know, I need a catch. Someone help me come up with a catchphrase. I never know how to end these things, uh, except to awkwardly say thanks for watching. So, hey, 
Thanks for watching. Have a good night. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.